Welcome to this week's podcast, Woman Who Chat, where I'll be interviewing women in business who share their inspirational stories and their top tips, especially for you. My name is Sandra Garlick and I'm the founder of Woman Who, and I'm delighted to bring these interviews to you each week to inspire you so that you can achieve in the future. Welcome to Woman Who Chat, and today I'm chatting to Kim Rowell of BBC Three and the BBC News. Hi, Kim, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I've really been looking forward to this chat, actually. I've seen it in my diary, and I thought I'm really, really (laughs) looking forward to this. Let's start with last week. You were speaking on the big stage at the Woman Who Achieves Awards. Tell us how that felt. Well, first and foremost, thank you for the opportunity. It was genuinely the first time that I've had that yeah literally the opportunity to stand in front of a room full of people and I was chatting to you just before we started about I'm glad I didn't know that there were nearly 200 people in that room because I might have felt a little bit differently about the whole situation but it's such a phenomenal event that you put on Sandra and to be in a room full of people that are supporting you and that you know want you to do well and are gonna really like listen and engage with what you're saying anyway is a real kind of you know barrier that's broken down from the outset so it was nice to have that as a starting point but yeah it was I was I was scared I was definitely scared for sure and I've, I've read somewhere that fear or anxiety is just excitement without the breath so I was trying to breathe I was trying to remember to breathe but it was all about resilience and I think it was perfectly pitched for the ladies that were in the room and I got some brilliant feedback so I'm, I'm really happy with how it went and again yeah thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to do it. Yeah and you know we've chatted before about your speaking and you've been into the studio and you know you're a member of the academy mm. and you know I always do say you know breathe and you know <laughs> yeah. nobody actually knows what you're going to say so exactly. they're just sitting in awe and in anticipation so I think most speakers providing they've got a good content and good structure I don't think they can go wrong. <laughs> no I agree and also um, I think another key thing is just to try not to speak too quickly and I'm always really guilty of that and someone once said to me if you think you're speaking slowly you're not like you can go slower and obviously to use silence as well again like in my speech I've kind of punctuated it with quotes mm. to give me the opportunity to actually stop but hopefully then to have the words resonate a bit more with the audience and I think that actually really worked and was really effective both for me and for the people listening so yeah that was a good kind of learning experience for me yeah and you know your job in the BBC you must you know that when you're compiling documentaries and things and putting them together you must see you're on the other end then aren't you really you're producing Mm. it so how, how does that differ for you yeah, it's kind of a whole different ball game, to be honest, because my day job kind of commission and executively produce documentaries for young people. And the content is often quite serious. It's normally about rape or murder or crime or politics and all of this kind of thing and holding power to account. So, yeah, you really I take the job seriously. And obviously you do feel that you're representing the country and we call it like an opportunity audience we're always going after like an underserved 
part of you know the different areas around the country we call them the underserved we try and give what we like to call a voice to the voiceless in the sense that they might feel disengaged with the BBC but if we answer a policy matter or a subject or something that they're particularly interested in then maybe we'll bring them back in and hopefully amplify their voices to yeah try and hold power to account which we've managed to do a few on a few occasions but yeah it's completely different to speaking in front of a group of people but I suppose there are some threads in the sense it involves confidence and knowing what you're talking about and yeah and being able to communicate really effectively and I I think it's really important to listen to your audience as well because you know it's it's I have to when I'm thinking of speakers for my events think about what do my audience want to hear Mm. what do I want them to take away from this experience and, you know, is it going to be the right pitch for them? You know, yeah. is the content going to be right for them? So you're mm. constantly having to consider what the audience wants, really. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you get it spot on. Obviously, I was at the awards last week, but also the year before. And on both occasions, I think Abby spoke the year before and Andrea, I think, mm. as well. And I think you kind of had the same balance this time round. And I think it works really well in the sense that you're trying to educate people and inform them. And then the second speaker normally has some a really powerful, personal, really like sad story that you know, or or they've overcome the odds in some way, shape, or form. And both both situations are incredibly empowering. But it like you you've done it so well, like the whole kind of the well-rounded like nature of it is fantastic yeah the downside is I always make people cry so oh yeah literally yeah. you have to bring I mean, the tissues somebody yeah. said to me this year you know you really must put tissues on every table mm-hmm. uh, I must remember to do that like, get, some, <laughs> get some branded tissues sorted out so that's the day job I mean what what who motivates you what what inspires you wow lots of things I think I suppose my own my own story has kind of led me to do some of the things that I do in my own time in the sense I grew up in like a single parent family in Devon and we didn't have very much money when I was a kid. I had to take a hardship loan to finish uni and things like that. And there aren't honestly a lot of people that like me from lower socioeconomic backgrounds in the media industry. So I get a lot of enthusiasm from kind of amplifying those voices. And outside of work, I do obviously belong to the Women Who Network. So I'm also a member of the Women of the Future Network. And during my career, I've actually been made redundant three times. And the third occasion was after I'd won a Woman of the Future Award for like my work within the mental health remit. And then I asked them if I could create a podcast because obviously I had an awful lot of spare time on my hands. And I spoke to the alumni from their, their, their network to try and inspire other people and pay it forward. And I just... I love doing that. I love finding normally young people who are a bit wet behind the ears or slightly misguided in some way and just helping them and nurturing them to fulfill their own potential. And I think a lot of what I do extracurricularly is to do with that, either supporting and mentoring people normally young people but literally from all walks of life and I've also done it more recently with men of like a similar similar level in the industry because I think it's really insightful to have a male perspective and often I can just crack on regardless and not pay the male perspective too much attention but I found that really useful recently to actually value the opinion and insight of of men within the industry too yeah yeah and you know it's traditionally been a male 
dominated industry you know so you've done tremendously well to achieve and you won the award last year didn't you I did yeah um, who inspires award for the way you lead your team you know through your leadership skills so you know definitely a role model and somebody I, I'm a big believer you can't be who you can't see and I think we need more women role models for for young women to aspire to be going forward so what's on the horizon what what what, what excites you what have you got coming up I've got some great documentaries coming up in the next couple of months. Again, they're all a little bit bleak. There's one called Sexomnia, which is about a young woman who she was raped at a party, but told that she suffered from this disorder called sexomnia, which is when you agree to have sex in your sleep, which is a load of tosh. But anyway, so she goes on this journey and the CPS throw out her case and she gets no like justice for it. So it's the, her story along, along these lines. It's a really powerful, really interesting story. And that's coming up on BBC Three. I have a little bit more of a fun one on turkey teeth and how everyone's going to Turkey to get veneers and crowns and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. So it's more of a public service notion in the sense if you're going to do this, maybe you should hear this doc first. And also I'm actually going to be leaving the BBC and taking up a role at ITN in the not too distant oh, future. Wow. I know. I'm going to be wow. managing managing editor of ITN Productions. So I'm looking forward to embracing that and seeing where that takes me. Fantastic. And I hope that's public knowledge now that we're, we're talking about it on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, found, I found out today, so <laughs> haven't quite told my boss, so <laughs> he knows now. <laughs> I'm sure that by the time this goes out, everybody will know about yes. it and uh, it'll be public knowledge. Wow, exciting times ahead. I always ask the ladies on my podcast to share a tip or a piece of wisdom or something that would inspire the audience. So what, what would you what would you want to share? I would say don't be afraid to be vulnerable and the buzzword at the moment is authentic but you are unique you have your own story and that's yours and no one can take that away from you so play into that as a strength even though the circumstance might be perceived as a weakness that's what makes you you that's what makes you different that's what makes you stand out from the crowd and it can really be a superpower so don't be afraid to play to it fantastic fantastic insight there and you know it's so true isn't it because you know we can play the victim through our story but actually if we can share that story in a way that inspires somebody by the 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 steps we've taken to overcome our challenges or uh, whatever's happened in the past in a way they say never look back, but the only really, the good thing of looking back is if you can share something that that helps you in the future. And I think our past is who we are and what's made us up. And that is what makes us unique, isn't it? Completely. And you need to just own that. And I think also I've learned a lot of this through your network, Sandra, and everything that the community speaks about when you have your weekly meetups. And you just encourage everybody to be there, warts and all. And they're fully embraced, fully accepted. You normally come away with so much advice that you can go off and implement in your own circumstance. And it's just it's such a lovely community to be a part of. So thanks to you for setting it all up. Oh, bless you. And thanks for your kind words. Well, we've run out of time. We could probably chat again and again, and we will have you back for another podcast <laughs> when you're in safely in situ in your new role. Uh, but it's been great to chat to you today. That's Kim Rao and lovely to chat to you, Kim. Thank you so much.
Thank you for joining the Woman Who Chat weekly podcast this week. I hope you enjoyed it. You can join me next week to hear another inspirational woman in business. In the meantime, you might want to visit womanwho.co.uk to find out how you can start your Woman Who journey.